Unscripted is supported by Fordham University's Master of Science in Humanitarian Studies, an innovative program dedicated exclusively to the theory and practice of international humanitarian response. Built on social justice values and humanitarian principles, this 30-credit graduate program will prepare you with the skills you need to launch or advance your career in humanitarian action. Evening and online classes are offered at Fordham's Rose Hill Campus in the Bronx, New York, as well as at the Lincoln Center Campus, located in Midtown Manhattan. Applications for fall 2020 are being accepted on a rolling basis. For more information, visit fordham.edu slash mshs. Hi, I'm Casey Candela. And I'm Stephanie Fillion, and welcome to Unscripted. Today, as Germany begins its last presidency of the Security Council in its two-year term, we ask, can German diplomacy thrive without Angela Merkel? This is Unscripted, a podcast taking you inside the United Nations and beyond the scripted debates to the people at the heart of it all, the diplomats and the reporters covering them. July is a big month for German diplomacy. Not only does the country take over the Security Council presidency, it also begins presiding over the European Council for six months. And the twin presidencies happen as the German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, is currently enjoying a spectacular approval rate domestically, over 70%, mostly because of her handling of the coronavirus pandemic. Merkel announced a few years ago that she's not going to seek re-election in mid-2021, after being chancellor of Europe's most powerful country for 15 years. In that role, she's helped lead Europe throughout many crises, from the Greek financial collapse, to the refugee influx from Africa and Asia, to the pandemic. And the stakes are high in New York and Brussels for Germany to set the tone for Europe's future without her holding the reins. But Merkel is not the only person who's counting her days to retirement, even though it's unlikely she'll disappear from public eyes after her term is over. Ambassador Christoph Herskin, the German ambassador to the United Nations, will also retire in 2021 after 40 years serving in the German government, including 12 years working closely with Merkel in Berlin. It is very good to work with somebody who is a scientist, because um, when you look at certain challenges that we face. You could see this, by the way, um, how Germany, how she reacted to COVID-19, to take, take kind of a scientific approach, to look at all the angles of a challenge and then come to the right conclusion. So it's very good to work with somebody who has a scientific background. And then I must also say to work for a woman for 12 years was something very special. And since then we are I mean, I've always been for promotion of women, but since then I'm uh, here also in, in New York, a gender champion trying to promote women. I think women in politics is something wonderful. Ambassador Hoiskin emphasizes that Merkel will still be around for more than a year, more than the lifetime of some prime ministers in other countries, he says. Still, in diplomatic circles, people already talk about what a post-Merkel German diplomacy could look like. So we asked Patrick Rosenau. He's the editor-in-chief of the German Review on the UN, based in Berlin, and associated with UNA Germany. I don't think that this is going to affect Germany's foreign policy and standing in the world in a substantial way. 
Angela Merkel will not run for chancellor again in 2021 when there are parliamentary elections again in Germany. Um, even though Merkel enjoys internationally a very, very high reputation, um, she has been chancellor since 2005, and this is making her one of the longest acting heads of state in democratic governments. But Germany's commitments to multilateralism and a rule-based world order will remain, I think so. So maybe there will be a time of readjustments and who will be the new chancellor of Germany. But um, Germany's general and traditional commitments, again, to multilateralism and rule-based world order, they will not, not change, I think so. And while Germany controls the Security Council and the European Union's Council, Merkel is not planning to physically or virtually address the Security Council this month. Instead, the German Defense Minister, Annegret Kramp-Karrenbauer, will attend a meeting. But to observers, this is not a surprise, as Chancellor's appearances in the UN Security Council have been rare. Here's Patrick Rosenauer again. In uh, German history, in relations with the United Nations, the Chancellor never spoke in the Security Council, I think. So Angela Merkel as well, and she never will. She most recently spoke at the General Assembly during the Climate Summit in 2019 and the SDG Summit in 2015 in New York. Only, as far as I know, only Chancellor Willy Brandt spoke on behalf of uh, Western Germany during the general debate of the General Assembly in 1973. And apart from that, I think there is an agreement about the division of labor between the German Chancellery and the Foreign Office and between the coalition parties of the federal government in Germany. When there is a high-level meeting of the council, it's usually Germany's foreign minister who speaks, or maybe the minister of defense and the security council, but usually it's not the chancellor. Here's what Ambassador Hoiskin had to say. For the chancellor, the security council is extremely important. This is why she campaigned for the German membership in the security council. And uh, last year when we had the high level week, she was here for the climate summit. She was here for the SDG summit and uh, she was present when the global compact on migration was adopted. For the Chancellor, the United Nations is fundamental and um, multilateralism is fundamental. And this is why she keeps the UN very high on her agenda. Chancellor Merkel's team in New York has an ambitious month ahead, trying to pass a challenging resolution on climate change and security and debate women, peace and security. And their focus on accountability for sexual violence in conflict will likely meet resistance in the Council. Back to Patrick Rosenau. One of Germany's goal during its presidency in July will be to adopt a resolution on this topic. Moreover, this resolution is trying to establish a special envoy position on climate change and security to keep this essential topic on the Security Council's and the UN's agenda. So I think it's very, very important. Even though there is a lot of resistance by member states of the Council, such as Russia or China, but the more the climate change is intensifying, the more conflicts, armed conflicts, conflicts about resources will be affected as well. And here's Ambassador Hoiskin on his strategy to counter the likely resistance in the council. When you come with these issues that I mentioned, sexual violence, conflict, climate, human rights, 
you have a choice. You can say, okay, the world right now is not very favorable to these kind of issues and we give up and um, we, we don't uh, go for it. We believe we have an obligation to actually put this on the agenda. And um, we have seen, for instance, on climate and security, when we launched the idea, we had so much agreement and we now have 10 countries, 10 out of 15, who are behind the initiative to have this um, high on the agenda of the Security Council and have the Security Council regularly look at this so that when there is climate change, we look also on the possible repercussions and uh, possible conflict. So we don't believe that if there are some countries that may not like it, nevertheless, when they see there are 10 countries and that no, we put them a bit on the defensive and see how far we how far we get. But to give up and not only try, this is not an option for us. Also on Germany's agenda, a debate on the pandemic, peace and security that took place on July 2nd, and another one on peacekeeping and human rights. Germany is also trying to push to renew the resolution enabling cross-border aid delivery into Syria. Russia is already saying no to that, even though the UN says that millions of Syrians depend on food and other staples being delivered to the two border channels. And while Germany's term on the council ends this year, it's a chance to assess the country's achievements. Here's what Patrick Rosenau had to say. Well, first of all, I think that Germany's performance in the Security Council has improved very, very much since it was first elected to the Council in 1977-78. Germany has become much more present, working actively with like-minded countries such as EU member states and the Council. And Germany is willing to take more responsibility in Council meetings in leading subcommittees of the Council and in co-drafting resolutions as a penholdership. By the way, for Germany, it's the seventh time um, being elected to the Council, so it gained a lot of experience. But at the same time, most of the UN member states also demand more leadership from Germany. And I think that's a good thing. Nowadays, no majorities for any topics are taken for granted in the Security Council anymore. Uh, I would say so in general. So far, I would argue that Germany has done quite well in certain symbolic acts, for example, such as opening the curtain in the council chamber as an act to become more transparent and using an hourglass to discipline the delegates with a speaking time during its first presidency in, in April 2019. In terms of substance, I think Germany's engagement to put climate change and security to the agenda together with other states and the council is worth mentioning as well. So it did last year in April as well. But Germany is leaving a council that is even more divided than it was last year. The pandemic has heightened the tensions between the United States and China, and it's more and more difficult for resolutions to be approved, with Russia always around to obstruct. Relations between Washington and major European capitals are not at their best either, and that includes Germany, where the U.S. is planning to withdraw a third of its troops, eroding what's left of any accord between the two countries. Here's Ambassador Husken on multilateralism on the Council. There is no doubt that the U.N. multilateralism in general is at a critical juncture. We have developments around the world where countries don't put multilateralism at the top of their agenda, but you have more populism, you have more nationalism, and 
I think it's the task of countries like France and Germany, the task of European countries who in history went through these periods of populism and nationalism and, and witnessed what that can lead to. I think for us, it's very important that we remind fellow members in the Security Council of the need to lead the multilateral approach to success. And um, we must not give up. We see in the European Union, there are ups and downs, but um, you know, we can be proud how multilateralism in Europe 75 years since the Second World War has worked. When you look back 75 years before the end of the Second World War, there were three big wars. So the European idea, the European idea of multilateralism, the European idea that you resolve conflicts not with force, but with the rule of law, with the European court, and all this, this is something we want to continue to try and promote here at the UN. The UN Charter, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights are the basis, and we have to remind fellow members that the best thing is to work on that basis. And while Germany is pushing its multilateralist agenda at the UN and the EU, there is still no clear successor to Chancellor Merkel in Germany. The country is not immune to the populist wave that has hit the world in recent years. Its far-right party, Alternative for Germany, is trying to raise its profile in anticipation of the election. Nevertheless, both Patrick Rosenau and Ambassador Hoiskin believe that Germany's voice as a leading multilateralist power is here to stay. That's it for our show. Thank you to Ambassador Christoph Hoiskin, as well as Patrick Rosenau of the German Review of the United Nations for their time. This episode was co-produced by me, Casey Candela, and Stephanie Fillion, with help from Alison Lecce for Pass Blue, an independent women-led media site covering the United Nations and global affairs. Dulcie Leinbach is our editor, AI Digital created our podcast logo, and our music is by Poddington Bear. A lot happens at the UN beyond what we report in each episode of Unscripted, and Pass Blue is covering the important news from women's rights to human rights to the Trump effect on the UN. For day-to-day coverage, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And to subscribe to our newsletter, go to passblue.com. Pass Blue's in-depth and exclusive stories and this podcast are possible with the support of the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the New School, and listeners like you. To show your support, visit Pass Blue's website and click Donate. Unscripted is available wherever you find podcasts. If you like today's show, please rate us on iTunes and share with all your friends. 